This is a trigger warning. The content in our podcasts may be difficult to listen to. Please see the description for details. The views expressed by any individual in this interview are entirely their own and are not necessarily shared by Denver Street Stories. Denver Street Stories is an active supporter in the LGBTQ community. We stand with the Black Lives Matter movement and as intersectional feminists, we support equity and equality for all peoples. Denver Street Stories supports sovereignty and land back to indigenous communities. We strive to actively deconstruct oppressive colonialist structures. Denver Street Stories, these are our stories. All right, so hi, uh, welcome back everybody to Denver Street Stories. We are here today with Cherry Lifesaver. Hi, if you want to introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, that's a kind of a cover name, but kind of a name partially that, part of that's my real name, but I'm not going to say any more than that. <laughs> All right, that. Well, uh, Cherry Lifesaver has been telling us a little bit about uh, her story um, with Denver and uh, just her experiences and struggles and just uh, her kind of story. So first and foremost, uh, we were kind of talking about um, like ideas you had about just like things to do with homeless people or houseless people, like public bathrooms or like just other things like that. Yeah, it, I, going uh, using a restroom, going letting you know letting your body do what it's supposed to do anyway. Mm -hmm. Taking a pee or going the other one is almost impossible in downtown. I haven't been to downtown in six months. I went to the station. And the attendants, uh, they, were, they were actually rude about not letting me use it. And I didn't know why, but later on, a, a free mall ride bus driver explained that they have found fentanyl in the uh, marble, in the rocks, in the bathrooms, okay. and it's, it's toxic now. And so even the employees are not allowed to use mm -hmm. it until it's been cleaned up. So it's a toxic hazard now. Okay. Uh, then but then I tried to find one as I was shopping all the way down 16th Street, and I didn't find one at all until I got to Union Station, and even Union Station, you can't use it uh, sometimes. I mean, today it looked like you could, but I know later on in the evening, you, you can't use it unless you purchase something. Mm. And I don't have a problem with that most of the time, but the homeless don't really, I don't know why they're not clued into that, but they're not. I mean, it doesn't take much. T you don't have to spend that much. Yeah. But and it's also just kind of unfair, though, that there's that requirement anyways, and they're kind of like restricting that right from you guys. From there's anyways. only three restrooms downtown at all for everyone, let alone the homeless. And uh, that's not enough. Yeah. So I don't know what they, I don't know what they think people are going to do. What, 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 that's not a solution. It's not even close. But you were kind of talking about an idea you had about, um, like the porta potties or yeah, I think things. they should have a lot of porta potties, mm -hmm. and I think they should let people paint them, the way they let people paint the electrical boxes in communities, mm -hmm. so that they kind of blend in. Yeah. And then I think they should be serviced, and serviced well. Yeah. And I think if if Denver did that, this entire problem would just go away. And Denver would be a lot cleaner, mm -hmm. and it would be a lot healthier for everyone. Yeah, I mean, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of really embarrassing to have to go to the bathroom that bad, and there's absolutely nowhere to go. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of stigma around that specifically, like that a lot of people who, who do have houses seem to have a problem with that when people who are on the streets have no option. I think they think of all homeless people kind of the same. And, 
Like, I'm homeless, but I, I don't smell bad. Like, some of them smell so bad. So I think they group us all together. I do. If they would think of me more often than them, they'd realize that I'm downtown shopping. And I need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. It's not that big a deal. Everyone needs to use the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> you can ask all night long, and, and there's just nowhere. It's really embarrassing. And I have not had that kind of a problem ever before, where you go shopping and you can't go to the bathroom anywhere. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I was just going to mention that there is a bathroom in Union Station. Are you able to use that one, or have you been to that one? Uh, they look like there are a lot of people going and coming today during the day there. But I'm, if you're there past, like, I don't know, 7 or 8 p.m., that's kind of closed off to you by security personnel. They just kind of stand right in your way. Mm. So you, you actually have to purchase something at the one and only restaurant slash bar, I guess, there's there. There's a, I shouldn't say it, but there's an easy, in, totally free way to fix that. And I didn't stumbled on it, but I like Virgin Mary's. Mm. And uh, bartenders frequently give them to you because there's no liquor in it. So I'm sitting there drinking a Virgin Mary and the security people think I've purchased that drink when I didn't purchase anything. I don't want to let that out too, there, too fast though, so. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's fair. And then uh, do you like have access? Have you like tried to look for work or like if I may ask about kind of like funds and whatnot? How do you kind of like manage that? I have, um, I'm on disability, so mm -hmm. I had wages to fall back on. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually gonna. I want to. I've wanted to go back to work for five years now. So I was. I've been homeless since November first, 2019, mm -hmm. and I wanted a job two and a half years before that. I mean, I was so excited. I just can't stand it. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. So I really shouldn't be homeless right now if I want to work that badly. And I can't. When you're homeless, you can usually only get one thing done a day, and it takes all your energy and you're zapped at the end of the day. And that might sound ridiculous, but you have to you have to walk everywhere you go, and it's a long way. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I have to take my stuff, because if I leave it behind the other homeless, people steal it. Yeah. Uh, and um, so, I mean, I, 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 just going to, like, the gathering place and their employment slash education lab mm -hmm. uh, that would be the whole day and I have so many other things I need to get doing but um, I've also been nominated kind of for I think it's called a carpenter's hands mm -hmm. and they actually help women with cars Oh, cool! and I think they match funds so they're going to they told me to I've been waiting a year for this and I get to apply in August, that's like around the corner, and they're going to match my funds for a car. Oh, that's awesome, that's really exciting. It is really exciting. So, uh, but I have to have a job. Mm. That's like a week and a half away, I gotta have a job. So, um, I'm perhaps capable of pulling in like an executive secretary. I've got an impeccable career from a long time ago. Uh, I don't mind? even know if I can work, really. I don't know if I'm gay. But I figure part-time, just try it or something. I don't know. Which is fair. It's understandable trying to get, like, that 
income stream, but would you mind talking a little bit about your career or your past, if you're comfortable with sharing that? Um, I almost have four college degrees. Wow. Yeah, I like college. <laughs> That's fair. I told my daughter, around every campus in the U.S. is an imaginary line, and when you cross that imaginary line, everybody treats everybody with a lot more respect. And then when you go home at the end of the day and you cross that line back, you go back to the ugly world where everybody's so damn rude. And she came home and like the first day and said, oh, mama, oh, you're right, wow. So I think that's why I like college so much. It's that atmosphere of so much respect. Which is nice. And yeah, you yeah. seem well-spoken and articulate, pretty smart. <laughs> People walk all over me though and they lie and they, I, I, I don't know. Do you want to do you, is there anything else you'd like to like say in regards to the negative attitudes towards like people who are experiencing houselessness? Um, you know, uh, I've had a lot of people say to me, how, how, why are you homeless? And I've yeah. told them it's an unusual set of circumstances that should never happen to anyone. And that's probably true for the homeless about 25 to 35% of the time. So there's about 35% of the, the, the homeless have horrible stories that shouldn't happen to anyone and it just knocked them clean off their feet and when you get that low it's hard to get back up. Mm -hmm. You need help. Yeah. And do you feel like current programs or things that at least in Denver or like in the other areas you've been do you feel like they've been helpful to you or they're just kind of like not doing much? That's a really good question because but I was telling you guys earlier that when I was homeless, uh, the city of Boulder and the city of Longmont, they'll let you stay at a shelter for one night. And mm -hmm. then the next day, you have to call this phone number where they're going to interview you on the phone. And after they interview you, they tell you where you're going to be housed, what, what shelter, what town you can get a shelter. And they forced me to go to Boulder when I lived in Longmont. And I said, please don't do that. Mm -hmm. Because I had an illegal eviction going on. I didn't know that's what they People have said that's what that is, that I had. I didn't know that term. But I said, I can't, I can't fight any, an eviction from another town. I'm not well enough. I'm elderly. I don't have the funds. And indeed, I did a very poor showing. But uh, they shouldn't have done that to me. And then uh, I think I was in Boulder for like nine months, maybe. Mm -hmm. And Boulder forced me to come to Denver, and that's when they had 600 women in the uh, Coliseum. Mm. And I, w I was really upset at first. I said, I'm elderly, and I'm not well, my health. Why are you doing this to me? And they said, they have a lot more resources. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know how they did what they did. They, they took all those people, those 600 women, out of the Coliseum and put them in these five hotels they had around town and then they kind of quickly took them out of those hotels and put them in housing mm. all over these uh, communities uh some of us have been a lot hard, harder to place like me uh, but they did and as soon as they got rid of emptied the women's they went over and did the men's and i'm pretty sure they emptied that too now they why i wish they were doing that 25 30 years ago maybe we wouldn't be where we're at right now but that's kind of phenomenal that they did that. And then they recently ran out of funds. So they closed three out of the five hotels. And then they just recently, about five weeks ago, 
Those are the last two. Yeah. And those of us that were still there, they relocated us. And I'm in a motel right now that was condemned six months ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's habitable. And I think that's what's causing the infection in my leg that I have to go seek medical care for. Mm-hmm. I have to get away from that sickness in the motel and get away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's kind of sad that the programs that are meant to support you guys aren't really doing like a good job of what they're set up to do. But um, talking about your leg, can, are you comfortable talking about kind of your experiences with like trying to get medical attention and things like that? And how you know, the they had. They have nursing staff in these hotels available to us five days a week. I had uh, wound supplies. I had, and the, a practitioner were, was there once a week. That's kind of phenomenal mm-hmm. for the homeless to have that kind of a medical care right there all the time. And we all utilized it. It was really nice. It was really nice. Hey, did you know that, did you know that art builds new neural pathways a lot of people isn't that cool that is cool cool. so we ought to have a whole lot more art especially for the homeless you know because it will help them get healthier in the brain yeah kind of a healthy out like way to express themselves and whatnot yeah i i uh i won an art contest in weld county they wanted you to draw a picture of what they you thought the library would look like 20 years from now Mm -hmm. I got second place in the adult division, and it was on exhibit for a year. Wow, that's yeah. really cool. Dr. Seuss was my inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, um, I, the homeless really are a myriad of all different capabilities. And uh, there are a lot of uh, still well-educated homeless people that still can't quite get up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, class division is a really big issue right now, especially with like the growing wage gap and everything. But, you know, gender bias is the worst I've ever seen it in my entire life right now. And I think it has to do with trafficking. Because the older men are getting used to the little girls. I was talking with um, a, a. a gal from, I think it's the empowerment program or something, at the gathering place. And I was telling her, I can no longer get away. And she said, we are hearing that a lot from domestic violence victims because technology is assisting our batterers or our traffickers in locating us so quickly that we can no longer get away. So I'm not the only one, but there are, that's a big problem right now. And I don't know how, that's why I gotta, I gotta be in programming and coding. That's the only way I think it's gonna go away for me. I don't get to see my children. Have you ever heard of the Flow Genome Project? No, sounds interesting. So these two guys went out to study flow. Flow is your best natural high you've ever had. Oh yeah, like flow state. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And they discovered some cool stuff. And not, they didn't expect to discover what they discovered, but they say that humans, that's kind of what we're meant for. Mm-hmm. We're very emotional beings. And uh, they, they actually reverse engineered it and came with a whole bunch of stuff. But, you know, these raves that they have around the world with so many people, mm-hmm. uh, they're saying that humans were kind of meant to get high. 
They didn't want to find out. That's not the message they went for. That's not what they wanted. One of them, one of the, it's founded by two people. One of the founders, he's written like seven New York best-selling books. No one's ever written seven. He's just a journalist. Yeah, it is. Uh, but, and they're saying that these raves with so many people, so a lot of those people aren't high even. They just love the music and being with the crowd. And they're saying that, that we don't even know the magic that might have in it because that's what humans were meant for. That's really cool, actually. It is pretty cool. Because I've uh, been lucky enough to experience flow state a number of times. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love the feeling. Like, I feel like I'm operating at peak efficiency and capability. Sort of feel like that's what our, what our capability is. Like you mean you feel like it, that you are a lot of the time? No, I'm saying that it would be really cool to be like that all the time because, like, I run a lot, and then I've also, like, just been, had that experience sometimes in my life where I just feel like everything is moving very smooth mm -hmm. and correctly. But. You know, the, the Flow Genome founders, they also say that, they say that during the day we're just collecting data, and when we sleep we're processing it, and because the world's so much faster, the whole world's going faster, that we're only taking in 10% of what's going on around us. I have heard that with human brains. You've heard that too? And then, yeah, also apparently only like 5% of our thought is actual conscious thought, and most of our just like brain is just kind of going like background noise, and it's just kind of like, as opposed to like analytical thinking, like we mm -hmm. think that humans are very like computer like oh you have cognitive thought mm -hmm. um, but it's a lot more like um, I think it was mental drift is the term that was used where oh, peop people yeah. are a lot more just like fluid in their thoughts and their ideas um, than we were initially like led to believe I kind of took it another step further and this is probably not a good idea maybe but I'm saying then then we're not responsible for just reacting to what's going on so, so I'm not responsible for all that stuff. We're just reacting to what's going on around us. And that's kind of the truth. I, I think that that sums up a really good thing, or maybe not a good thing, but a really important thing for most of the population to understand about homeless folks is that a lot of people don't necessarily want to be in these circumstances and they're just reacting to a really shitty uh, series of events that, like you said, yeah. is, is, like you said earlier, you know, it... it um, how, I forget how you phrased it. Like, it, it's not necessarily their fault in a way. Yeah. They're just reacting to a, a, a lot, lot of, of shitty events. A lot of people think homeless people are homeless because they choose to do drugs. That's why they're homeless. And I know for myself that when, when, I, when I have a lot of stress being homeless right now, when that stress is taken off, the drugs just fall away. I forget to do them. The drugs are a coping skill, in my opinion. Uh, it's not what causes homelessness. I, I think that that's really interesting, and I really appreciate your time. I feel like we got to wrap up here because we're coming to our, our battery life. But <laughs> I really love talking to you. Um, before we go, just real quick, is there anything like specific? I mean, we've talked about a lot of things, and I appreciate it. But is there anything that you'd want to tell people, like living in that building right there, like motherfuckers who got who got money? Is there anything you'd want to tell these people who aren't struggling with the housing crisis? We're about all in you. this together, and, and if you, if they continue to make us outcasts instead of their brothers and sisters, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Surely there's a way for them to find some homeless people that they could 
not just tolerate, but learn to enjoy. So there's got to be a way. I think we ought to have a runway uh, contest. Uh, Fashion designer. I aim to win, by the way. <laughs> so. But that's really beautiful. Um, again, we really appreciate your time. Um, thank you so much for speaking with us. You guys really are great. It was thank really you. amazing to be able to speak to you and to hear your story. So, yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Denver Street Stories. We aim to help change the narrative surrounding homelessness by providing a platform to amplify necessary voices. We hope this sheds some light into a world often pushed aside, disrespected, or disregarded altogether. Our stories come from a myriad of people in different backgrounds that deserve to be heard and seen. So you should talk shit less, love, and listen more.